0: Hi, and welcome to Super Endangering Podcast with your host, myself, Steve Halpern. Well, in the midst of this crisis, people running to health stores, drugstores, buying supplements, Like never before. Unfortunately, very often they're buying the wrong supplements. And then we have the New York Times publishing a piece today on people taking supplements and not, and the reporter not doing the homework. There's no evidence that supplements can make a difference. And then they look at, say, quote someone who has a website called Examiner, and basically Examiner just does some, you know, fairly cursory uh, PubMed searches and not getting to the real issue. Nutraceuticals are not drugs, (coughs) No one is really that interested unless you're lucky enough to get an NIH grant in doing huge, expensive clinical trials on supplements or supplement that can't be patented. That's the game right there. And even even if a supplement company, which some do, want to sponsor studies. The FDA has been very, very critical. The study's not big enough, large enough, meaningful enough. As Palm Wonderful tried to do with their claim on pomegranate and cardiovascular, they got critiqued up the whatever. Okay. So that's not really a great incentive for supplement companies to spend millions of dollars on a clinical trial which any other supplement company can sell a similar supplement. And it's not patentable as a drug. And to be sure, the FDA will make sure you can't make any real drug-like health claims. So there's a New York Times article saying people are buying tons and tons of supplements and uh, not going to the real scientists. Well... Again, let's get to this mechanism. They're doing a wonderful trial on some arthritis drugs now, even in major hospitals in New York. And what's the mechanism? The mechanism is not so much the antiviral effect of these arthritis drugs, but dampening down the immune response. It's the inflammation response that's causing the problem. And that's the difference between people getting the virus, getting minor symptoms, and no big deal. And other people, because of either other conditions which prime their immune system to overreact, or decrease their antioxidants, the natural antioxidants they produce, that's causing the problem. So how many major institutions in the United States are looking at the nutraceutical research and saying, let's include this as part of the protocol. Why not? When it could do no harm and it give information to the public where the magical drug is going to cost thousands and thousands of dollars and who's going to pay for it and how widely available is the drug going to be if this reaches the catastrophic levels that we're thinking about. But some supplements with some real science behind it could make a difference. Now, if you go to Any local vitamin stores um, in Manhattan, they're almost all sold out of vitamin C. Mm, Why? Well, I think there's two reasons. 90% of vitamin C is made in China. Pharmaceutical companies in the United States gave up making vitamin C. So we don't know what the supply chain issue is on vitamin C. Secondly, the research, real research on vitamin C and... uh, chronic, you know, obstruct, you know, lung problems that you're seeing, acute respiratory distress syndrome or septic shock on oral vitamin C doesn't really exist. Vitamin C has been shown possibly to shorten a cold, but nowhere else has oral vitamin C been shown to have an effect on, you know, the severity of this condition, nor have an anti-major antiviral effect, but somehow or other, through social media and the web, people are buying C every place. Now, possibly, as I've said, liposomal C, which doesn't have a, you know lots and lots of research, but has some might be much better absorbed because vitamin C is water soluble and you want to get it into the tissue and you want to get it into the cells. And so they combine it with phosphatidylcholine, lecithin, and supposedly you get better absorption. But again, we're not getting to the issue, which I keep repeating over and over in these podcasts. It's inflammation. That's why they're using an arthritis drug. Now, it gets a little confusing because... There's so many mixed reports on Advil, ibuprofen, you know, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. My sense is that even if it does, which we're not sure, enhance viral penetration, the real issue is will it cut the inflammation, which is the real health issue. Now, if you're just suffering minor symptoms or don't want to suffer symptoms, doing things that control inflammation, okay, certainly nutrients, you know, omega-3, ginger, we know can help control inflammation, sulforaphane from broccoli seed, glutathione, And, you know, a quick search on the web of nutrition anti-inflammatories. What I always do is, you know, I always, if I see a site and it looks interesting, I try and find the actual research and I put in studies. And I think the key is that the more nutraceutical anti-inflammatories the better, because remember, he has, he has the real problem. The real problem is, even if a company decides to spend a lot of money and do you know research on um, in a clinical trial, most likely they're going to test one ingredient, and that's a big problem. You need to test multiple ingredients. Now, if you look at You know, classical, you know, uh, Chinese medicine. It's never one ingredient. It's always a mixture. And that's why, you know, personally, I'll use a mixture for anti-inflammation. I'll use the omega-3. I'll use, you know, glutathione. I'll use ginger. I'll use garlic. I'll use, um, you know, raw ginger which is if you can stand it. And so it's the idea of a combination of things. Now, great question. If they're actually doing a clinical trial in New York, I read the other day of intravenous vitamin C, which I mentioned in my previous podcast. This not, doesn't necessarily have to be done in a hospital. And we can have lots and lots of practitioners, private practitioners, you know, if they're open to doing this. It's not a very complicated procedure. And the risk is very, very, very low. Now the question would be, since our system does not work on prevention, only gives lip service, it basically works on treatment, get disease, and we'll come up with a treatment, or we'll try Prevention is given lip service, you know, and we give statins, you know, and we give uh, blood pressure drugs, and we give, uh, you know, type 2 diabetes drugs, but the real issue is you usually have the problem already, and we're going to come up with the drug, the drug, the drug, the drug, so we're all hoping for this miracle drug, instead of how can we correct the vulnerability of the people who are getting this, and it's serious well you don't have to be the wizard to figure out that you know with the epidemic of vaping which is horrible for the lungs and we know it causes low level inflammation in the lungs even before you get over an inflammation there's no such thing as I'm vaping and it's safe and it's fine of course it's damaging the lungs and of course it's causing inflammation well, add that to a young person who now, you know, likes the party and they, you know, do what people age like do, unfortunately, is they drink. So they're consuming alcohol. We don't know what kind of diet they're taking in. So they probably most likely could or might be vulnerable given their health status. So it, it, it disturbs me when I hear, oh, this healthy person. Well, like, uh, how healthy? Okay. Let them come into our office and we'll do some real health studies and we'll see how healthy they are. Okay. I don't mean just a routine disease study. I mean some real optimal health markers. And because we don't have a system that looks at optimal health and it's been left to... People do themselves if they can find an open integrative doctor, you know, not that easy given the insurance system that really doesn't pay for integrative medicine and the chiropractors doing the best they can and the dietitians and the naturopathic doctors had their own struggle in the system. The truth is nutraceuticals really haven't any major respect in mainstream medicine. So why should a frightened public trust the people who aren't necessarily experts in this to give them advice? So the left were trying to choose among the so-called health experts and hopefully get some credible, you know, scientific information. And I applaud my colleagues in the field who, you know, may be at great risk to their uh, careers, given that they're going to do this and try and spread the word. Um, You know, years ago, if you said there was a natural compound that cured cancer and you were doing some work with this, boy, you could be locked up in jail. So, you know, the FDA has been so worried sending out letters and warnings. When people might be doing some good. I'm not saying they are not quacks who are coming up with all sorts of nonsense. But if there's a remedy, and this is so, so important. Mainstream doesn't have a remedy for you. Okay. they are still playing around. And you're going to try something that might work. Like the person said, it might work. And it does no harm. What is the problem? Why do we need government protection and warnings to these companies when we're in desperate times? And it's not going to discourage people from seeking these products and only discourages companies, you know, from eventually doing legitimate research. So... The key is focus on wellness and health. Make this a time when you're doing your best health practices. That's what I'm I'm personally doing and I already have been doing it, but now I'm upping the game. And that's what we should be telling people. Okay. It's about health and wellness. That's how people will survive. Now on a happy note, and I'm gonna you know, this research just came out. There's been some very interesting reprogramming of gene expressions in longevity research. And I think this is what we really eventually need to focus on is how can we make super healthy seniors who will not be vulnerable to any future epidemics that's the message let's really focus on senior health and not just geriatric medicine treating conditions that actually might be preventable. So if you enjoyed this podcast, given you know the seriousness of what we're going through, uh, please subscribe, please share. Please put a link on your social media or your Facebook. I'd be happy. Anything that I say in these podcasts is almost always backed up by research and studies. And I'd be happy to supply studies to anyone who wants to get this to their practitioner or uh, self-educate. So again, thank you so much for listening. This is uh, Steve Halpern.